0: Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They're incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets. that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard. And that's what I slept on for, like years. I thought I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more. or like, I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like, oh, I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense. And truly, the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made or like the apotheosis of adult, living like you can live with comfort with temperature regulating. The funny thing is, I thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life. There was no sheet that could help you with that. Your body just went through wild temperatures and that just, you know, sucked and you had to just deal with it. But you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets. They're self-cooling for better sleep. They're also, this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband, they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial Growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria, so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like luxurious um, they're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth <laughs> graduate from those you guys so go to try miracle.com fake the nation again that's Try try miracle dot com slash fake the nation and at the checkout use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels And you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day Money back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com fake the nation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them.
1: Fake the Nation episode 239.
0: Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we grab that construction paper, cut out a bunch of hearts, and give it to everyone we know because, like Winter in Game of Thrones, Valentine's Day is coming, but it's way less sinister. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm just making Valentine's a big, fat day of love to, like, everyone. Why don't you join me? And um, when this is done, as a podcast community, we'll turn our attention to Persian New Year uh, because in a pandemic, we just have to make a big deal out of these holidays, um, and for no other reason than it's fun, uh, and we need to like remember fun in the world. Remember, <laughs> fun guys, <laughs> fucking fun. Today, we'll end the show talking about love and romance because, like I said, Valentine's Day is coming. But we'll start the show talking about the fuckball pandemic and we'll assess whether it's slightly decreasing in its fuckballishness. Uh, We'll make mention of the impeachment and finally the Marshall Plan for Moms. What is it? Uh, Today's panel. Oh, my God. I mean... Anita, you've really outdone yourself. Um, uh, That's our producer, whose name you hear me uh, mention at the end of every show. (laughs) Um, She has assembled a panel that is so, such perfection for today. I can't even tell you, joining us for the very first time. Um, But not the very first time to to me and my heart, because this gentleman is a stand-up comedian who has just killed all over the city and the country. He's a fantastic, fantastic comedian. He's also co-head writer and co-executive producer... A full frontal with Samantha B because he's fancy, and if you'll recall, we had Samantha B on the show not too long ago. So, um, you know, she was the warm-up act for <laughs> Mike Drucker. Hi, Mike. Hi, so great thank to have you, have
2: you for on the show. Me. That's this is such a nice intro. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, no, no, I appreciate you being here. And then the other person I appreciate being here. Oh, my God. We love him so much. He's a veteran of Fake the Nation. He's a veteran of just saying the right fucking thing all the time. He's so smart. His writing is just a go-to in our household. He is the justice correspondent at The Nation. Folks, it's Ellie Mistall. Hey, Ellie. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Are parents allowed to have Valentine's Day when you can't send your kids anywhere ever? <laughs> Is like,
0: that even a thing? A... <laughs> I don't know. I just what happens normally with kids in Valentine's Day. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it it at the end like... of the
0: show. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say let's save it for the the section on fucking. Um, okay. Um. Top, let's get into it with topic number one. So we actually haven't talked much about the pandemic in a while. Um. It's obviously an undergirding undergirding undergirding, which is like a pumpkin version of undergirding. (laughs) Um, It's an undergirding force in whatever we do talk about. But I did want to do like a very specific and focused pandy check-in. So let's start with this ridiculously broad softball, um, which is with this pandemic, uh, where do you feel like we're at, Ellie?
1: Well, my mother, who lives with us and is 70, got her first shot of the Pfizer vaccine Yesterday, Woo-hoo! literally yesterday. Yes! There was actually some question about whether I can make the show because they were t- thinking about making her do it tomorrow, in which case I would have had to miss the show because, like, yeah, of that becomes that, that is then the linchpin. My mother being protected and healthy becomes the linchpin for all of the rest of the household to kind of get back to normal. So, if my mom can be protected, then there is a non zero chance that I can send my children to camp this summer we have been remote only the entire time because she's older and you know more at risk um there's a non-zero chance that I can send my kids to camp this summer there's a very good chance that I can send my kids back to in-person learning which is also learning uh, (laughs) in the the fall and there's a non-zero chance you know and with that kind of as a hope there might be a chance that I might be able to get the vaccine and I've got you know what as Chris Christie might say, I've got a lot of comorbidities uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I have to worry about, right? Um, so hope, like, but, but in terms of, like, where is this going? Like, this cannot go anywhere until at least me and mine get our vaccine. And then we can think about returning to some level of normalcy. Uh,
0: Mike, where are you at?
2: I mean, uh, I'm in a different situation in which I have nobody. So (laughs) it's a little bit easier for me in that I don't have to worry about anyone. Um, But I feel the same way. I feel like it's like once the it's like everyone's waiting for the vaccines to go back to normal. You know, um, I work remote, too, for my show. But I would like to go somewhere like right now, even, you know, hanging out with someone outside of home feels like you're planning a heist. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Where like you're like someone has to be the real person,
2: other people have to be there at a certain time. Like you uh so I think that we're probably at the beginning of the beginning of the end, but it's gonna be a long tail on that.
0: Okay, and yes, and I think that the tale doesn't need to be sad like it could be a, <laughs> like i think we could have a fun tale or like we could you know we could be creative with the tale yeah. um i i just want to point out uh, just it to, to interject some like actual headlines which i think ellie Mistal's mom getting the the vaccine is a headline unto itself in addition to that the new york times decided to report um after reporting <laughs> on ellie Mistal's mom that uh, they wrote after a brutal winter rise us virus deaths are declining lining Okay. So that was like a nice headline. Um, and Although then, for uh, real, they, isn't that really yeah. just
1: because Christmas is over? Like, like the, the, the whole reason why things were on the rise is because people were idiots over Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Idiots yeah. in completely predictable idiot ways. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's why we've been dealing with this spike all throughout January. So of course, now that people don't have an excuse to go get grandma sick, to go get yeah. Uncle Bill sick, now the 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 incidents of virus are coming down. Again, this is entirely predictable. And and one of the things that I think has frustrated me so much with this pandemic is that from last year at about this time last year, you could have predicted everything that's happened if we were stupid. Like if you just assumed that we were going to be as dumb as possible, this entire year could have been pre-written. And we're we're still in that phase of like, you know, so you talk about, can the long tail be happy? It's just a question of whether or not we're ever going to get a clue. And we're ever going to, to decide to be intelligent about dealing with this. If we were intelligent about dealing with this, you're right. There are more things we could be doing. But the problem is that we're constantly, you know, we're we're in a kind of least common denominator situation, right? Like we, right. we are just we are just held to the level of the dumbest among us. And that <laughs> prevents us from doing things we would like to do.
0: And I can I also just in that in terms of the dumbest among us, the 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 dumbest that actually make me really Angry are the ones in warm weather, warm weather states, especially like California. California's death toll has surpassed New York. Now, I, I think, I mean, I'm from California, so I get to shit on California as much as I want. Like that's the rule. Um, but I was like, you guys, you can hang out outdoors like you don't need to be up in each other's faces in your houses that also have backyards what are yes. you doing like it was in the the rise in California I mean I obviously this um, this is completely I'm overlooking uh levels of what what is it called um overcrowding in homes they have like a higher level of overcrowding bubble I, I, I understand like a lot of the sociological reasons why some of the spread happened in places like Los Angeles County but I mean, some of the other spread just happened because some people were like, "I don't need um a mask. I've got gemstones in my pocket and slash wellness." You know what I mean? Like every, <laughs> I think it was there was just some like what, what like stuff that doesn't make uh, sense that was coming out of my beloved home state again. Broad, I'm just painting a broad brush. Whatever, obviously, I don't mean it in you know in whatever. So don't at me, but like, but that the warm weather states I found the most baffling. But just a quick, again, some more actual numbers. Um, New coronavirus cases are a leading indicator for deaths, and that statistic has been improving markedly for a month. The seven day average in new cases is a reliable indicator, and it's fallen more than 50% since it peaked on January 8th. Um, and, um, and also just to note most, uh, c- kinds of coronavirus infections that include influenza peak during the winter. Um, and they think that, you know, there's no reason to think of COVID as any different. So we had our peak in the winter and then it'll, you know, and it'll slowly, um, it'll slowly come down. Now there's been a, um, a disparity and this was big news last week and I actually think this story will change like week to week it's probably in different different this week but last week we saw disparities with vaccine delivery among black and black and brown communities um how why why was that happening
2: I don't think I'm the one to take this question.
0: <laughs> Everyone is the one to take this question on the um, show, but Ellie, do you want to start us off? Because country was up? built okay. on
2: racism. <laughs> good answer, good answer, good
1: answer, good answer, ding <laughs> ding.
0: <laughs> Ellie, you Nine want to- Nine out him, of uh... ten black
1: people agree. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, because this country is built on racism. Look, the, there are there are legitimate worries. I was worried at various points. My mother- who just got it was worried, there are legitimate worries because the medical community has a long and dark history of mistreating African-Americans, right? Not only is there a history of this country using us as guinea pigs, which just they do, like it happens, Um, there is also a history of medical professionals disregarding our symptoms, disregarding our pain, um, there, there's a lot going in. There's a lot of reasons why uh, many African-Americans, many black people don't trust doctors. There are a lot of reasons why I don't trust doctors. Look, I don't know that I would have been. I, I've said this on uh, in public before and gotten a little bit of heat for it. I didn't want to be in the first run of the vaccine. You know, mm. oh, test test it out in some white folks. You know, <laughs> you know, like you, you guys go take it, see if you <laughs> drop it, you know, uh, and, and then come to me. Right. Like I, I, I am one of those people who was actually moved when people like Obama and uh, Bush and, and and Biden got the vaccine because I was like, well, they ain't going to let the president just drop dead. Right. Like the, you know, Maybe they would have let Trump. But like the rest of them, like, you know, <laughs> they're not going to let them, you know, drop dead. So oh. like, I, it took some convincing even for me to get to the point where I was just like, all right, I think this is this is something that's safe for me to take. And I'll emphasize that when I'm thinking about what's safe for me to take, that's a whole different conversation than what I would think is safe for my children to take right like i don't i'm very reluctant to like throw my children into this fundamentally not untested but certainly quickened you know testing pace for the vaccine so all of those factors kind of go into play when you think about uh, uh, a black um, black american rigs reluctance to the vaccine but then there's this also this issue of just underservice in our communities, right? Like, one of the things the numbers aren't telling us, and I've seen the numbers that you're referring to, um, one of the things that they're not telling us is whether this is because Black people are reluctant to take the vaccine, or because states like Kentucky are bad at providing the vaccine in minority communities, right? Like the that that's also a factor here. The distribution of this thing has not been equal, has not been uh, has not been fair, um, in, in lots of cases, and part of that is just government kind of incompetence, but you know so there's a lot of things going going into this you hope that over the long course like over you know like you said it could change from week to week you would hope that by you know january 1st next year all of that weirdness has been sorted out and there is a general level of vaccination
0: Right. And I think, you know, and I, I read in a piece um, coming out of uh, the experience in Colorado and with their vaccination, they said over 60 percent of whites and Latinos say they definitely or probably would get vaccinated, while just over 40 percent of blacks said they plan to um, because the distrust of government is real. And it's it's backed by uh, like a long history in which um, me- medical trials, you know, were conducted um, in really horrible and hazardous ways um, uh, on black people um, Um, They also uh, people of color also have a history of being underrepresented in drug trials. Right. As you mentioned. So um, so that that's another reason. So I think it's like an all of the above situation. It's like distrust of the vaccine. Um, distrust of government, uh, distrust of, um, you know, processes by which vaccines are made. Uh, and then there's the distribution issue, which Mike, I mean, there's also this like huge divide between, uh, like, you know, someone, my own parents, I, you know, uh, which by the way, have both been vaccinated and I'm really, 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 really relieved, um, I, I, You know, my dad is a doctor, so it's like he was getting direct information from his hospital on how to do it. But when it came to my mom, I remember thinking, like, this is complicated. Um, Can you talk about the tech divide that we're seeing? You know, you have to log on and sign up to a thing, except for if you're, like, 80 years old. Maybe you don't know how to do that, you know, and so what's what's happening there?
2: I mean— Absolutely. Well, one, of course, that's another reason that there's a giant class disparity and who can get it and who can't in terms of, because if, I mean, my mom is, my parents got the vaccine. Um, luckily, they're in Florida. So they really needed it because Florida is not a good state for anything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and um,
2: but like, you know, if my mom, my mom is pretty computer illiterate. Um, she, she's just never really got into using computers. And If my dad wasn't computer literate, I don't know what we would have done in terms of signing them up. Like, you know, we don't know anything about their insurance plans. None of their kids live near them. So there's this... I don't know. It makes me afraid that the people who need it most are the ones who are not going to get it initially. I also, you know, I've heard stories of, you know, one or two people I know that I disapprove of who've cheated the system and got one when they didn't need one. Yeah,
0: what did you... So why... What can, I mean, without getting too specific, obviously, and giving us their social security number, um, what is about their situation did you disprove of? Because I'm starting to see things like this now, and it's very, it, it, it's con- a constant, ever evolving, interesting morality question.
2: I think it's the same way I felt a lot of the pandemic, where it's like, I'm doing what you told me to do,
0: right? And 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 you're <laughs> ruining it because you're not
2: doing what we could all easily do right now, um, right? And I think you know, like, it's you know, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like they're jumping in line at like, I don't know, a restaurant or something where it's annoying because you have to wait another 15 minutes. It's someone who will need the vaccine, especially at this point when it's, you know, people with comorbi- m- morbid- morbidities. I can't talk today, or, you know, essential workers or the elderly. Like if you're a 30 year old man getting it and you're healthy, you are taking the vaccine from someone who could die if they don't have it, at least right, right. now.
1: Look, I, I went to Harvard. I, say, I, I, yeah. I, know. I went to Harvard. I know some people who are just like, I got mines. I, I <laughs> can hook you up. Right. Right. I like. know,
0: I know a couple of people as well, and it it definitely makes me feel uncomfortable. But I will say one thing, just in terms of like somewhere, you know, my dad having an insider view of like how some of these things get delivered. Some of what is happening is people are vaccine shopping; they're not showing up to appointments that they have, and then the va- so then at the end of the day, they have this leftover, and um, there's different ways of filling that leftover, and some of those ways is texting your buddies to please show up to this parking lot at 5.30 p.m. sharp. This is your one chance. Uh, and in, in those situations, I'm a little bit like, don't let the vaccine go to waste. Whatever you fucking sure, do, do yeah. not let it go to waste. You know what I mean? Give it to a 25-year-old trust fund baby, but don't let it go to waste. <laughs> like that's, right. you know what I mean? Um, so I, I can I share with you, though, an, in closing here, a little bit of schadenfreude that I experienced. Listeners may have heard once or twice or 75 times That I lived in Paris For a time in my life That's not a big deal guys but it's just something That I've done um, And just You know and I'm, I'm multilingual And it's fine But anyway um, I lived in Paris For a while And and I was You know I had like Checked out of pa- Parisian news For a little bit there And I just I rechecked back in And apparently They're doing they're, They have a really Elaborate system Of like Permits Right To, to be able to go outside So you need to either be walking your dog. You need to be going to the supermarket, whatever, and or you need to be purchasing une baguette. And um <laughs> in order to do, and it's interesting because like they really do. I, I was like, do they really? Yeah, I was talking to someone who lives in France. It doesn't matter. And um, I was like, do they really check the permits? They really do check the permits. France, Paris is on such a more extreme lockdown, and I, I live in New York City. Mike, I think you also live in New York, yep. Yep. and Ellie is in the tri-state area. Um, we are just not experiencing things that way and I think we've maintained relatively good numbers like we're weirdly a decent example Um, and I had a little like Schadenfreude, where I was like, "Oh, France, like one of those European countries that we're supposed to be envious of all the time." Is it doing it as well? And I felt, you know, I, I, from a New York to Paris comparison, uh, I felt a little. Good about
1: that. So you got to keep that shit in New York because you can't start talking about Florida because because then right right exactly
0: no and, and then we're you no, know it's yeah. a completely no. different scenario yeah 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 how's it going cowboy. I I was talking to, like, a really, like, um, fabulous barista who had gotten back from Miami a while ago. He's been tested multiple times, he assured me. But he was just like, yeah, I was in Miami, and there are no masks. No masks as far as the eye can see. It's as if it's not happening the whole thing. And I... Uh, that's very interesting. Um, especially for a state that has such a large senior citizen population. Why? Oh yeah.
2: And they're it's, going out. They are part, like my parent, like my brother, my sister and I have had to bully my parents cause they'll be like, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, this coworker's having a birthday party, but he's been really safe. And it's like, no, you're not going. You are not go-. like, we've almost become parents in this way where it's like, you're not going. If you go right. to that, we will be mad at you.
0: You're doing, uh, your, your parents are doing circuit parties in Miami. I love it's that. It's
2: like they're teenagers, like, sneaking out the window at night, and we're like, <laughs> no, you can't leave.
1: <laughs> it's, That's it's awesome. Goes, it goes to how different our pandemic experiences are as a nation and why we haven't been able to have a really unified response to this because people are experiencing this in such different ways depending on the state, how conservative the state are, how, how many conservatives are in their social groups, group people are, are kind of people have had completely different pandemic experiences to uh compare to me compared to you and that's going to have an effect when it comes time to which i hope we get to at some point in this country when it come time comes time to protecting us from the next one right like because at some point there needs to be a reckoning as so right. what the hell just happened how did right. we lose five hundred thousand people and what are we going to do to protect ourselves from the next pandemic that right now is unfreezing itself from global <laughs> warming, right in the siberian North. like like that's coming right this was like this was a test run. really early on i don't know if you know uh, malcolm Mance, who's on the tv sometimes as a security uh, analyst way back and this is again last february last march um he said to me you know offline he was like you know the bottom line is that this is a test run because this is not a depopulation of that This is a bad disease. This is not a depopulation event. The next one is going to be a depopulation event if we act like this. And again, act like this based on how people were not taking it seriously last year. So at some point, we're going to have to have some kind of real kind of understanding of the mistakes that we've made. And that's going to be hard because different people made different mistakes. And we didn't all experience this as one nation. Yep.
0: Right. I think and also because it was a depopulation event it made people you know ha- have such varying degrees of you know care about it. It was that's that's part of the thing that's frustrating about it, it, it is that it isn't the clearest of diseases, right? Um I want to just um as we close out here I just want to ask people you know I know that again the vaccination process is difficult or easy, d- depending on where you are. And I just mean the signing up part of it. Um, there's a website called TurboVax in New York, if you're um, looking to figure out how to do it, where Turbo to do Vax. it. TurboVax, that sounds TurboVax, it's wow. like congregating. <laughs> TurboVax <laughs> is sort of, is sort of co- it's congregated all of that information. Um, there's another thing called vaccine appointment assistance, the vaccine appointment assistance team that helps pe- older people do the tech part of making appointments. Um, they can do that on the phone, so again, that's Vaccine Appointment Assistance Team, and if there are things like this in your community, please hit me up on the social medias that we should all not be using, and (laughs) I will compile those things, and I will also post them and send them out so that you can um, have an easier time of helping your parents get vaccinated. Uh, All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about other things. (laughs) Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh, folks. I mean, first of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. But that's headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Negin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that I found for me once oh, that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way. But you know what? It might. It also lowered a bill for me. It lowered my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's one of the actually best things about it because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%, 5 million users. It has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation.
3: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Today's show is sponsored by Factor. You guys, I totally was a Factor person before they even sponsored this show. Because they're so delicious, and when you're constantly busy and just need a few nights of meals a week to just not have to cook, like, Factor's incredible. And then for me, here's the other incredible thing, is they have these delicious keto meals because I try not to eat carbs, and they have these wonderful keto meals, and me and my husband have just been rejoicing in factor meals. So here's their deal, they're ready to eat, they're fresh, they're never frozen, they're chef crafted, dietitian approved. They're also ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week. And like I said, I had like the keto stuff, but they also have Calorie Smart, they have Protein Plus. There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Um, I had one of their little green juice shots that I really enjoyed. And oh my God, I just remember having this one meal. It was like grilled chicken situation with like a, I want to say like a, creamed spinach situation. Oh, so delicious. I remember also having like a cauliflower mash situation. I mean, they really make the veggies taste delicious. This ain't your grandma's veggies. Mm -mm. They make them fun and delicious and not at all like, oh, I'm eating healthy. It's not like that. It's like, this is fun and delicious. There's no prep, no mess. Like I said, they're ready to heat and ready to eat. So you don't have to prep, you don't have to buy stuff, ingredients and da, da da I mean, if also, if you're like me and you're just like not terribly confident in the kitchen, you're gonna love Factor. All right, so here is what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com. All right, head to factormeals.com slash fake the nation 50 and use the code FakeTheNation 50 to get 50% off. That's code FAKETHENATION50 at factormeals.com slash FAKETHENATION50 to get 50% off. It is such a good deal.
3: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.
0: And we're ready for topic number 1B. (laughs) Um, It's topic number 1B because we're not going to spend too much time talking about this impeachment. Um, But I do want to mention it because it's the second... Impeachment in f- for the first ever time on one president, um, and it just started yesterday. Um, and the question I want to ask you guys, and again, it, we're we're taping Wednesday afternoon, and and the the actual first day of it, the impeachment trial just started like an hour ago. Um, So we don't know anything that's really going on. But I do uh, want to have both of your thoughts on this one question, which is that it's more than likely that Trump will not be convicted. Is this impeachment still worth it, Mike?
2: I I think it is for, you know, moral reasons to see who says that it's not worth impeaching him. You know, like when you look back at history, there's definitely congressmen and senators who voted in favor of slavery, and they're now marked forever with that. Or, you know, uh, in favor right. of the, more people. Obviously, the Iraq War was almost overwhelming, but like right. you get to see those people and go, you made that bad decision. And I think it's important, even if he is acquitted, to see who voted to acquit him just so that is forever on their permanent record. Um, and I think history will bear that out. It's also worth doing because Trump's lawyers are so bad at it that they have you seen the opening arguments of Trump's lawyer? Like it was almost like if you fed a bunch of opening statements from Law and Order into an AI and just saw what it wrote out. Like it was, I it was almost inspirational because I was like, oh, I could be a lawyer. I didn't think that. I thought it was hard, but I could do this.
0: Right? You're like, oh, law school is just watching TV. Like I had no idea.
2: He said like one thing where he's like, if we use common law, then maybe like we'll have kings again. It's like no, everything's built on common law, you idiot. Like, it's so
0: (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Ellie, what's your thought?
1: I mean, I've actually been to law school, and and that was... The, the opening from the Trump lawyers is one of the most, one of the most embarrassing opening statements <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And I'm including like, you know, 1L moot court. Like that was, <laughs> that was not at that level. That was embarrassing for, for all of them, for their fam- for their ancestors. It was embarrassing. Um, do I think it's worth it? Look, I would have impeached Trump once every six months for his entire presidency. <laughs> I, 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 um, he committed, he committed, you know, one of the Republican arguments is that like, well, the Democrats always want to impeach Trump. Yes. Because he's always doing crime. You <laughs> <laughs> impeach people when they do crime, always, right? Like the, Trump is the most corrupt president in the history of our country. He deserves the moniker of being twice impeached. Again, I would have had him, you know, quadruple, quintuple <laughs> in, impeached, um, president. So I think it's worth it for the reasons Mike said on just the historical, uh, on the historical uh, uh, tip. Ultimately, and I've written about this in the Nation. Ultimately. I don't want Trump impeached, I want him indicted. Like mm-hmm. the And, and the impeachment is a little bit of a sideshow, not just because he's out of office, and yes, it's important to make sure that he can't run again, and yes, you're right, you're not going to be convicted anyway, but the, the the real issue is that Trump has committed crimes. I believe that there is at least a colorable argument that he committed sedition at the letter of the law, that in, 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 which is a very right, high right, standard, right. but I think you could at least try to prove that. I think, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm the only person that remembers the Mueller report, which laid out 10 instances of obstruction of justice. Now, Mueller said that he couldn't charge the president while he was in office. But guess who ain't in office anymore? So mm-hmm. why don't we go back and charge him with those 10 instances of obstruction of justice that the Mueller report has already investigated and laid out to say nothing of the tax fraud, the sorry alleged tax fraud and all the other illegalities that he the committed. The phone
0: call to the Georgia state secretary, which, which I just heard today. <laughs> is finally
1: um, They've opened an investigation of that. So, like, yeah, I want Trump in jail. Right. I yeah. want him indicted for crime. And impeachment is not. Is not even trying to get me there so yes it's important for this kind of historical record it's important morally um and, and for all those reasons but fundamentally trump trump is not a defeated ex-president he's a mm-hmm. criminal on the loose and we should capture him,
3: <laughs> and <put> him <laughs> he,
1: right right
0: on the loose and golf courses around america right. um i uh, yeah i and i think so for all of for all of the reasons both of you have stated um, but just on and also in a cousin um, uh, note to what Mike was saying a cousin note <laughs> Um, I would say that the, the other thing is just like literally because this is what you do when people do crime, like you, you go through the process. And I read somewhere that basically the democracy is an, is an iterative process. It's not like this one impeachment will be a deterrent for everything, but like in aggregate, when we try and convict people of crimes in whatever, you know, uh, from from presidents down to you know my kid, like there are um, that's setting the bar for like what is crime. <laughs> you know what I mean, it it's defining it, it's deterring people from doing it. And and so again, it's like I want uh, Biden to know just as much as I want every other president to know you can't do this shit because at the very least you'll have this motherfucking hassle of an impeachment and you don't want it, right? Like they will do it. They will do the impeachment and you don't want to be one of those guys. Uh, And so again, it's just like, let's build. It's that iterative process that is sometimes a little boring, but in aggregate, it is democracy, right? And so I feel like let's do it for that reason alone. Okay, so um, we are going to move on from that. And if you want to know more about the um, impeachment, I'm going to be chatting about it on Instagram Live on Friday at noon, and then it's gonna be on my feed. If you missed Friday at noon, the live chat, you can see it um, afterwards uh, on my Instagrams. um, And I'm gonna be talking with a Fake the Nation alum uh, about what we know so far about the impeachment on Friday at noon. Okay, let us move on to topic number two. So the Girls Who Code founder, Reshma Sujani, along with 50 notable women, called on the Biden administration to create a Marshall Plan for moms. They want moms to be considered essential workers and uh, to be issued $2,400 checks per month in direct payments for their unseen and unpaid labor. Um, And, you know, moms have made the most adjustments uh, during the pandemic, nay, the most disruptive overhauls during this pandemic. Um, and a Marshall plan for moms argues that the economic recovery should put them at the center. Uh, what do you think of this um, of, of this call? And again, Mike, I know you're not a mom. I'm or a, mom. A, a person or, with a family. Nope. Um, nope. But no again, family. as just a citizen. And, and, and I don't, you you are talking to a mom, but I don't want that to color your anything you say. If you think this is a bad idea, that's fine. If you think it's a good idea, fine. I don't, or if somewhere in the in the middle. What do you think?
1: That's um, what moms always say, be careful. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Um, I, I don't know.
2: I'm, I mean, obviously, I, don't, I haven't seen the plan in detail, so I don't want to mm. be like, well, how would it work? Because that's always uh, a terrible answer when you, right. when you yourself could find out. Um, I, think, I, I think it's a good idea. I'm always in favor of more social programs. I think that, you know, giving, giving people money to, right now especially, to like care for your family, you know, because you're right. The, the majority of the labor does fall on women, even in a two-parent household. And many women either had to limit or cut back or quit entirely on their jobs. I think it's fine. I mean, I'm sure that there should be some sort of way of like, if you're a single father, maybe to also get a payment if you're in a similar circumstance. But I have nothing against giving people more money from the government that we're spending on weapons anyway.
1: Yeah. So if I was going to criticize the plan, it would only be to say that it doesn't go far enough. This pandemic has been (laughs) ruinous. (laughs) ruinous to working women. The stats aren't even fully in yet, but what we know so far is that women disproportionately buy a lot have left the workforce entirely. They've seen a cutback on their wages. They've seen uh, they've been fired disproportionately towards men. Um, Certainly, as as this goes through, what we're going to see is that their promotion track and their career tracks are being held back because of all of the massive changes they've had to make to deal with this pandemic, and $2,400 Wow. Yeah, sure. That's a start. It doesn't even begin to cover the amount of not just unseen labor, but missed opportunity that has disproportionately fallen on women. And I speak of that from the position of a husband who's trying their best to, you know, (laughs) share the load and comes up at best, like at best, you know, with like 30 percent, like on a good day. Right. The changes that my wife has had to make to handle the homeschooling and the uh, and the you know we, for a long time we couldn't even order meals so the extra cooking like all the there's so much you know I tend to, uh, there's so much extra laundry now because everybody's in the household like just things that you don't even think yeah. about that just get yeah. added on and added on and added on and added on and so like if you're the guy and you're doing like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this it's it it exponentially you you just you still are, are not even coming close to sharing the load and I try don't even give me <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right um but so so yeah 24 that's great the other but the and the real thing here and I said this literally at the start of the pandemic you can go back and check me on the nation I think I wrote this in April um of last year that what this is showing is how terribly we have merged our school system And our childcare system, we've made that the same system. And that is insane. No other industrialized country does that, right? And once the school system went away, that's why all of the childcare responsibilities devolved upon the family and therefore disproportionately devolved um, on women. What we must do going forward, and again, this is an issue where we didn't all experience this pandemic equally, what we must do going forward is to disassociate the child care system and the school system and then make the child care system free just like technically the school system is free right like that that is what needs to happen we don't just need you know yeah so we can start with like you know payments for child care but we need a free reliable consistent child care system the reason why we don't have it is because we're still operating in this 1950s anachronism where the assumption is that somebody is home with the kids. Somebody is available to be home with the kids. That has not been true in this country for at least 50 years, but we still operate like it is. And so we still operate without a kind of nationalized childcare system.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that's an excellent point. And I want to just give some numbers to what Ellie was talking about. Women have lost 5.4 million jobs during the recession, which is 1 million more than men. 2 million women have left the workforce, uh, which is four times the rate of men. Um, and women are disproportionately employed in the service sector. So that's why they've seen the most of the losses because their jobs are not available for telecommuti- telecommuting. Um, I, I just want to say something about you know, what I—I I mean, I, the Marshall Plan for moms. I mean, it rolls off the tongue like as a marketing ploy. I kind of love it, but I do think one thing that's weird about it for me is like I think it's to me it should be more a Marshall Plan for families, and I say that as someone who. You know, in my I, in my family, I'm more the breadwinner. I would say, and the labor. You know, and I'd say we're really a fifty fifty labor uh, when it comes to parenting, and and sometimes these things are talked about a little bit in the and and look, I'm not trying to say we've not evolved. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to accuse us of having evolved. <laughs> but, <laughs> But sometimes we talk about families in like a 1980s sitcom way, you know what I mean? Where we're like, you know, like, and, and, and Mike, you see this with comedians, right? Where they'll be like, oh, you know, the foreplay for me at home is if my husband does the dishes, right? <laughs> like that joke. Like yeah, 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 joke.
2: yeah. It's, yeah, and, I hate my husband. I hate my wife. Humor. Yeah,
0: all that stuff. And I, and it's like the 1980s sitcom, you know, a notion of how families operate. And like, I feel like I'm operating in a 2021 family where it's like my husband. <laughs> husband's a feminist and he doesn't fucking ever talk about being one it's just like it is the way that it is like where where he recommend that my baby have my last name you know what i mean it's like that's where right. um our baby sorry <laughs> um, that's where <laughs> <laughs> hey come on who's not the feminist here um <laughs> but uh, uh so so sometimes these things i feel like uh, you know, almost keep us back from evolving a little bit. Like sometimes the way we talk about these things like may prohibit us from evolving. Um, and so, but, but that that said- I believe families deserve a shitload of childcare, like support. A shitload of childcare support. It is ridiculous what we have to do for childcare, um, in this country. And uh, you know, I say that from experience. It is ridiculous. It is back. It is. It is a backbreaking financial commitment to find other people to you know. Um, care for your child as you then um, work endless, endless hours in a freelancer's economy with no support, you know, with no actual institutional support rails. It's ridiculous. And we should have that. I mean, um, we should just have money, money going to families <laughs> like thats <laughs> I think it's whether you want to call it, its the, you know, that it's going to moms or, or going to families. Yes. Money should be going to families. Um, and then there's something that I saw that was really I thought, uh, again, you don't have to believe in social services if the thing you believe in is fucking capitalism and the GDP. Then there's a study for that. Well, which there's a study that estimates an increase in female participation equal to that of men would raise the U.S. GDP by five percent. Um, and when we're coming, when we're talking about GDP, that's a significant increase. So you don't you don't need to care about people if you only care about money. This is better for your fucking money, you know. Uh yes, Ellie. Really. Can I just
1: push back a little bit? Because while sure. yes, I definitely think this is a family issue, and I've said a lot of times that you know women's issues are families issues, and that's why dads and men should care about them. And I can do that, I can go down that road. But I I, I don't wanna I don't wanna risk glossing over the unique pressures and stresses that are being placed on women, especially in this moment. Um, So while you might have, you know, kind of, you you might have achieved the ideal of a real, you know, 50-50 split and a kind of, um, and, and that kind of household, that's just not the reality for most most working women in this country. And I, one of the one of the stats, and it's and it's because okay, of the, I know. there's I, so I, many. I didn't
0: mean, again, I didn't mean to accuse us of having evolved. Like I, did. <laughs> there was just because I'm in an evolved situation. But yeah, could, there, there's so many ahead,
1: there's so many hidden factors um, that help that hold women back, especially in this crisis. So one of the stats that all that jumped off the page for me when I first read it sometime back um, this summer um, was that was looking at scholarship and academic. And what they found was that the the male scholarship, you know, papers and books and law review notes written by men have actually gone up during the pandemic. While scholarship from women has kind of fallen oh, off the cliff, that's right? Really interesting, and so, if you yeah. think about a college professor, these are college professors. You know, generally well off, generally you know, a, you know, middle class or upper. You know, generally, you know, in an educated household which suggests, you know perhaps a little bit more kind of sharing and 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 equal, and yet still. As, you know, as the pandemic takes hold and people get locked into their houses, the men say, like, well, I'm going to write a book. And the women say, shit, right.
3: I got to do all right, this right, stuff,
1: right. right? And so kind of uh, acknowledging that and finding a way to address that particular kind of unfairness, that that deep unfairness that probably doesn't come from you know, I'm I, I'm not going to say that it all comes from bad intentions, but some of it certainly comes from bad intentions, and 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 all of it kind of kind of coalesces around putting women in really difficult positions throughout this crisis, and we see it in stat after stat after stat. Something has to be done to redress that kind of deep unfairness.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm also I'm also like half obsessed with the cush ball that you have <laughs> like I saw that and I was immediately like a dog if you were like shaking keys where I was like I know there's an argument going on but I'm gonna follow that ball with my eyes. Um, <laughs>
0: Guys, this is the exciting behind-the-curtain Zoom shit that you don't even know is happening with Fake the Nation. It's a wild video for those of you listening. Wild video. Um, yeah, we, we hired the same DP that did the weekend's halftime show. <laughs> uh, sorry, you were, were you going to say something other than the Cush Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
2: No, I, I mean, I do see I do like I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying in the sense that like we don't want it to be this thing of like women are weaker and therefore they are paid this money when men could right. adjust. So it's more fair for whole families. But I also see Ellie's point of view in which like, you know, it's not necessarily bad intentions. It's like, well, men are paid more than women on average. So I guess that's who right. keeps their job. So, so, yeah. so then she's yeah. further pushed out of the workforce. So therefore the gap gets bigger. Yeah, um, Almost like what we were talking about with uh, black and brown people in vaccine distribution, where outside of, you know, the distrust, there's also like, well, there's fewer medical opportunities. Therefore, there are fewer people to distribute the vaccine. So there are, once again, fewer people are getting it. You know, like it's right. Even yeah. when it's not bad intentions, oftentimes these things, I don't know, block off certain people. So. I'm not, I'm not against it. I do, I do kind of agree with you in the sense that like there are certain families that don't necessarily have a woman at the head of it who might also need help. So as long as there's a system to help families, you know, if there's, you know, if two men have a child and they're struggling, we shouldn't deny them the same benefit. Right, Um, right, right, right. But I, I, I see what you're both saying. Again, I am sort of not affected by it. I'm very lucky. I make a TV writer salary while living alone. So it's hard for me to like opine on what other people should be doing to help other people. Um, But I think it's a good... I think overall it's a good idea.
0: Hey, uh, Mike, it literally never stops me from having opinions about other people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, you're a metallurgist in um, Spain? i (laughs) tell you how you should be... Um, all right folks tell me what do you think of the Marshall plan for moms also just in case it was unclear I support moms <laughs> in case it came in case it came out like I'm like a or <laughs> whatever I just I'm not okay you famously hate, it, moms. <laughs> hate moms I hate moms mom hate, good fire bad now you know, no, you know. <laughs> um, all right let us move on to topic number three People Are Still Fucking is the title of this segment. We might be in a pandemic, but people are still meeting and they're still fucking. And as long as they're safe, I'm so happy to hear about it. Yeah. Um, I actually know of a few pandemic relationships and I can expound on those. But first, my question for both of you is, what have you heard about dating during the pandemic? We're going to start with Ellie, the one who seems the furthest why, away why me? from dating. No, 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 this is, <laughs> we just did a
3: whole segment on, on,
1: on family <laughs> to know. This is single man. And you, you, you take it away, middleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. doing so it.
2: do the you do it. When it's not the social got? issues, here comes Mike. <laughs> um, I've heard, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, like, I've heard everything from people who are just like outright getting there, getting fucked, like, and versus people who have like met in like a real relationship and like have developed a, a, a real solid relationship. I have not dated much during the pandemic, again, because I'm a. Uh, like a rules person. So I'm like, oh, that's not, you're not supposed to do that. But I've definitely like hung out with a couple people. Um, there were people that I knew well kind of already and knew what their lifestyle was like in terms of like, they didn't have a roommate or they had a roommate and that roommate, I also knew that roommate and I know they were safe. So right. I've gone out a couple times, but only under like very strict circumstances. And usually when it's been like that, it's been like, you know, a walk like, a walk in the park where even if you're not necessarily six feet apart, you're still outside, you're wearing masks. Right,
0: there's wind, da-da-da-da, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I know, like, I have, I definitely, because, again, we both know comedians, and comedians are the least safe people in the world. Um, <laughs> but, like, I know people who, you like, went on a ton of dates. General, <laughs> yes. You
0: can just expect that comedians are diseased. In general, you could just expect that comedians are diseased.
2: I heard, I did hear one story of, like, and whether or not it's apocryphal or not, I choose to believe it's true. But this is very friend of a friend. But someone was saying that, like, they caught COVID through cheating. And that's how their spouse kind of found, it, found out because there was no other way for them to really get it. I don't believe that story. But it's fun to think it's true. Um, I, I don't know. I know a ton of people who are just going out there, man. They're just they're getting it. And it's a time when people are feeling vulnerable. So I weirdly feel like it's easier than normal because right. like because like normally like again you go out on a date someone could be like uh, all right we'll go to the bar and get a drink fine whereas now you want you kind of have to be certain you want to go on that date and then there's that sunken cost fallacy of like well I totally got myself ready in a spacesuit to see this person <laughs> so
0: I'm keep I might as well take
2: it them because I feel bad. <laughs>
0: Ellie, what have you? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. is your knowledge of this so, pandemic dating scene?
1: All right, so a just I'm the wrong guy to ask. I met my wife <laughs> on the second day McCart of college, Hullman, and that's how they found out. And like, <laughs> I love
0: yeah. watching you squirm. Though this is the best.
1: <laughs> I have been off the market for quite a long time, um, so I'm not. I'm not the right guy to ask. I have heard, I have heard a couple of things. One thing mm. that I have heard from my still single friends at least is that, you know, the, the whole concept of friends with benefits has ta- has been taken to a whole different level in yeah, this right. That's true. Because you already, you know, a, a friend that maybe was on the friend track or whatever, but you already have established a level of trust and whatever. And so now, as opposed to like literally trying to go out and find somebody new, it's just like, well, you're here already. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's go for it. I trust you. You trust me. You know, this isn't serious, but, you know, it'll, it'll serve a, it'll serve a function. Yeah. So I've heard that. All right. And then almost on the opposite end, you've, you've seen a lot more, you know, proposals, right? You've seen a lot more people who are kind of living, living in sin, right? Living together. Who you know through the pandemic kind of reached the shit or get off the pot stage, right? Just kind of like yes. like you know, if you if you can kind of be housebound with a person for six or eight months, it's probably a good indication that maybe you might as well get back. Like at that yeah. point, what are you waiting for, right? Um, so I do I do perceive, again, somewhat anecdotally, uh, 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 a spike in, in in weddings and marriage proposals from, of that nature. So I th- I think that I think they're kind of two sides of the same coin. You're, you're yeah. what people are looking for is trust. What people are looking for is familiarity. Um, it, it, all, all the you know, I've you know was a kid in the 80s kind of came you know hit hormones in the 90s you know very kind of hiv focused and very you know like anybody yeah, you yeah, sleep yeah, with yeah, could yeah. be your last and yeah. you yeah. know yeah. Very, you know very like in that you know uh, and, and that lo- and that that went away a bit during the 2000s you know we i think the 2000s and the teens were much more of a kind of like hey i like you you like me let's do it um yeah. and i feel like this pandemic has really kind of brought back Some of the lessons that you learned in the 80s and 90s, in terms of like you really want to when you when it's you know in the 80s it was like when you sleep with a person, you're actually sleeping with everybody that person has slept with, and now it's like when you sleep with a person, you're getting COVID from every person that person has got COVID, right? And it's kind of brought us back to that, I perceive. But again, um, this is not my, you know, I can talk more about the difficulties. Of trying to 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 maintain a marital relationship when you can't send the kids nowhere. Right? Yeah. Like the-
0: Yeah, which is a valid concern <laughs> here. We are coming up on Valentine's Day. We actually um are um you know, we we have like a a, a like a part-time babysitter in our lives that's like in our pot or whatever, and like literally are so you know, never like do anything at night, and we're actually gonna do something at night where we like got reservations at a restaurant. You know, it's funny because I'm like, oh, COVID changed my nightlife, except for not at all because I have a baby. So <laughs> yeah. um, it just means that I can't do stand up at night. But it, you know, in, in terms of like fun, like I wasn't having fun anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> But, uh, but I, so, so my, the categories of relationships that I've seen are thusly. One is going back to someone oh, that yeah. you were sort of talking to. Huh? I have a friend who, like, was talking to someone. They it kind of, the COVID sort of stopped everything. And then a few months later, that dude was like, hey. What's up, you know? And, and she was like, oh, I don't know. Let's, you know, socially distance uh, a coffee. And then that turned into like a full-on relationship and they're moving in together and it's great. Oh. Uh, right? Because And it's interesting because I think here's the other thing that's ha- that in that t- category of relationship what happens is People are so overwhelmed by the up choices, right? The, the Tinder is just going down to the cereal aisle and being like, I don't know, there's too many cereal choices. I'm going to lose my mind. And so you don't pick one. You don't stick with one. And that, I think, was a re- a, a big feature of dating life before COVID is not sticking to one. Yeah. Um, and I think for a large category of people that may have had commitment phobia, COVID was just like, you know what? I'm going to just stick with this because it's easier. Right. And I don't have the same options that I did before. At least the options, you know, some of those options have like thorny spikes on them and I don't want to deal. <laughs>
3: um,
0: and so I think that that's been like an interesting sort of change in the way that um, commitment phobes may behave. And then there's another category, which is people who are freshly like going on, you know, uh, Bumble, Bumble uh, tends to be very popular. Uh, among my friends, um, going on. Tinder and all this? the Sorry. What the hell is Bumble? What? What's Bumble? It's the one. Bumble's the one that girls reach out. The girl. Oh, the girls. Okay. Um, where the ladies reach out, right, Mike? Am I up? I mean, it up? You're,
2: you're 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 right. I, I Bumble wasn't. I didn't. I I don't know. It was a lot of tumbleweeds for me on Bumble, but okay. You oh, know, okay. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of you know the sound of the wind. That's just quiet. <laughs> it's like that. It was like that for me.
0: Um, I grew up in the desert, so I'm, re- I'm weirdly uh, fond of the sound of tumbleweeds. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so there's the there's the category of people who just like straight up doing traditional online dating and then the dating has a ton of questions. Of, like, before we meet up, do you wear, what's your mask protocol? This is mm-hmm. mine. Will you do my mask protocol? Will you blah, blah, blah. Um, and then in that scenario, I've also seen a blossoming relationship from a friend of mine um, where they decided to do their um, Are We Exclusive? And the the really romantic uh, declaration that was made upon exclusivity was just like, yeah, let's be exclusive. It's just easier right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is just the way wants to hear on the exclusivity (laughs) conversation
2: that's so funny (laughs) why don't we just be exclusive there's it's easier
0: it's easier i just okay i don't want to wear a mask anymore on first dates
2: but the moment Um, i get that second vaccine i am gone
0: this is fucking over um and then the other funny thing is i think the pressure of determining the status of their relationship is the other weird thing that happens where it's like is this like going somewhere? And yeah. then people have to just really be honest with themselves. Of just like, oh, in fact, it is not. You have been a COVID boyfriend. I will see you later. <laughs> uh, and I think, and that's also fair because we're, we, you know, national tragedies, international tragedies have a way of bringing people together, but they don't necessarily mean that those things are gonna stick and work out. You know. Um, as Sandra Bullock said in Speed, no, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> um, as, yeah, as Sandra Bullock said in Speed, <laughs> hurry up! There's a stroller um, <laughs> that was carrying recycling. Remember, it's the one scene from that movie that I remember. That the stroller knocks over, and the in uh, the you're in the audience, and you're like, oh, fuck, a baby died, but it's recycling in a stroller.
1: Oh, they were just homeless, Graham.
2: Um, <laughs> it's fine <laughs> why do they have an empty stroller you don't want to talk about that yeah,
0: yeah 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 let's that's we don't need to get into income inequality right this second in this movie am i right keanu um but uh the here's one thing that i think is really interesting and you know you sort of brought this up ellie of like you know if you're if you're having sex with me you're getting coronavirus from everybody i've had sex with it's um, this phenomenon of, like, people are now having to talk so much before a makeout sesh mm. because it's like, what is your mask protocol? What are, Like, at what date do you take off the mask? Like, all of that's like, uh, are you going to get tested? When do you get tested? How much quarantining before, yeah. after the test? Yeah. You know, and it and it's like, it's funny because um, it's a level of comfort in talking about sex that I've never had. I'm just sort of like, everything would be an unspoken, you know what I mean? Like, you'll know because my bra came off. That's how you'll know, you know? Um, I've just like never been good at like verbalizing anything in those situations. And at reading about, um, reading about these people who are just like now, so like going down bullet points of like how to talk about having sex during coronavirus. Um, Made me so uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of that?
2: I mean, I think I think people should be following the bullet points. Personally, I think <laughs>
3: yeah. you know. No, I should.
2: look, they look. I, I I like sex as next to the next person as much as the next person who's had it before. But I. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's OK. It's it's proper. Like like, you know, like Ellie was saying about like the late 80s, early 90s. I think that you would be in the same situation where you're like, have you been safe? You know, um, like, what do you do? Do you do any needle drugs? I know that those are rude questions, but at that time, those were right. important questions. And I think now right. it's fair to be like, hey, do you have seven roommates? Then it might be different for me. You know what I mean? I think I mean, look,
1: right. I've, I've always been a talker, um, somewhat not surprisingly. So I, I've always been, you know, always willing to have a discussion about what's, what's going to happen next. And honestly, at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, was less so now, but at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, my wife and I were trying to... I, it's hard, again, people experience this differently. But like at the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of like, all right, both of us can't die. So... Like that's <laughs> right? One of us must survive.
3: So, if right. any yes. one
1: of us didn't like, had you know, had to do risky behavior just to, add, uh, in the earlier times, to keep our jobs, you know, before everybody kind of caught off. well, then it was like, should we interpersonally kind of try to quarantine or try to somewhat keep distance from each other so that there's a chance that one of us would get sick, but the other one wouldn't, right. and thus survive for the children. I mean, like these are the conversations that are happening in kind of March of twenty twenty and April of twenty twenty. Um, you know, we don't have to worry about that. We don't worry about that as much now. But I mean, mm-hmm. so so I, I do think that that having an a, it's it's really a, a question of how responsible you want to be versus how yeah. you know where whereas for many people, sex they feel or their 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 turn on is that impulsiveness, is that you <laughs> know heat yeah. of the moment, heat of passion yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And COVID is, I think for a lot of people, ripping that, ripping that impulsiveness away from people, which I imagine if you're still alive is probably is probably terrible for, for you. Again. Yeah. I've got a kid in his 8 and 5 like I'm um... Impulsiveness went out the window. <laughs> time around 2016, right? Like that is <laughs> right.
0: No, impulsiveness is literally like me and my husband three weeks ago being like, "Should we get the babysitter to do this one Saturday night?" Like that is literally impulsive. Like we were like, "What? That's crazy! Don't be crazy." Let, should we? You know yeah. what I mean? It was like so impulsive to plan something one month in ahead right. and then I, then hopefully I, I, follow like, through with it.
1: I'm taking in a October, long weekend at the end of February.
3: Mm. What?
2: (laughs) In, In October, someone I knew was like, hey, like, I've been totally safe. Do you want to go, like, apple picking? And to me, it was, like, the most taboo scandalous thing I've done in months. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm
2: outside apple picking in a city that's not my own. Like, I felt, like, so <laughs> totally, dangerous.
0: Totally. Totally. Oh, my God. Um, well, folks, I want to hear about your pandemic love stories. Um, hit me up. I am endlessly fascinated by these things, and, um, and I want to know if you're finding pandemic love, if you Rekindled a pandemic love, if you've uh, terminated a pandemic <laughs> love, um, to hit me up. I'm so curious. Um, and now that we have to end the show, I just want to ask you both um, what is making you happy? I know that's a really random <laughs> question. It could be anything from a Pop-Tart you ate this morning um, to, uh, you know, uh, a law <laughs>
2: or something. Um, I really like the show WandaVision. I know that's hey, an easy answer, okay. but it's a awesome show and it's very sad, which is everything I need. A, a sci-fi weirdo show that's sad right up my alley.
0: Love it. Ellie?
1: I mean, like I said, my mom got the vaccine and that means I can probably, I mean, I've been looking at camp brochures. Like, they're the goddamn antidote. Like,
3: just... (laughs) (laughs)
1: They they could take... They'll take our kids for four... They'll take our kids for five hours a day. Honey, that's $20,000. We'll find the money!
3: (laughs) 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 I, I, I just...
1: I need them because you know, look, I work from home a lot, right? Like my, my profession, yeah. like, so, so, so the difference for with me, for the pandemic has not been working from home. It's been that nobody will get the fuck out of my house. Like that's right,
0: right. <laughs> the, the, the working with a crowd. right? right. <laughs> yes. Yep. Like, catch all. Leave, like,
1: Oh, traffic right there. Just <laughs> <laughs> socially distant traffic. I don't care. Like, so I'm, I'm super excited about the thought of being able to send the kids to camp.
0: Oh, I love that camp camp brochures, um. And and what's making me happy, um, is um. God, what's making me happy? I didn't. I know I asked this question, but it's not like I had an answer myself. Um, you have a but, date uh, coming
2: up. You have a Valentine's Day date, right?
0: Oh. Um, I am a Valentine's yes, that I have been like drooling over the thought of having like a light, nice adult um, dinner out. Uh, so that is making me happy. But also um, there's a festival called New York Pop-Up Festival that's making me really happy. There's going to be these pop-up events all over the city um, between now and um, I think through the summer um, culminating in the opening of Little Islands in New York City. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It fucking Little Islands looks like the coolest fucking public works project uh, in America. Um, and, uh, and you know, they're doing it safe. They're not doing, you know, they're not doing very much pre-announcements. You kind of have to catch things as they happen, um, but they're really bringing arts back into the city in like an energetic and fun way um, to remind us uh, that, that that's happening. So let me know if there is things like that happening in your community. I want to know about them. I want to post about them and I want other people to enjoy them as well um, because those things really do uh, make me happy. Um, now uh, I would love for the people of Faith the Nation to know how to follow you and all the good work that you do. Mike, where do they do that?
2: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Drucker, M-I-K-E-D-R-U-C-K-E-R and on Instagram at Mike Drucker is dead because the other one was already taken.
0: Uh, and definitely watch um, uh, Full Frontal, where you can see his handiwork. And then when we're back at, um, to the regular world of stand-up, if you don't catch a show with Mike Drucker, you're not you're doing something wrong in your uh,
1: life. Ah, geez, thank um, you.
0: Ellie, where do people find you?
1: You can read most of my work at thenation.com. I write about twice, sometimes three times a week, depending on the week. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Ellie That's E-L-I-E-N-Y-C.
0: Uh, you must, you must, you must read um, Ellie's uh, work in The Nation because it is excellente. Oh, thank
3: you.
0: Uh, folks, you know where to find me again. I'm doing Instagram Live Friday at 12, So we, where we talk about the impeachment. And also, um, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago um, where we talked about the spectrum of people in the Trump world and what they will be doing in their futures. Um, and I actually immortalized the spectrum in a video that is on TikTok and on Instagram um, where I basically pl- I, I created a very scientific spectrum of the Trump orbit um, and put everyone in there there's what one of the uh, categories is um, dark powers and that's Kellyanne Conway I think we can all uh, agree on that uh, so um, so check out that uh, if you want to see where all the, the Trump world lives um, on that spectrum uh, because we won't have to be talking about him specifically very much longer I hope and I think um, but what I would read really Really like to do is thank the people of Fake the Nation. Um uh, th- for uh sorry, thank the people who make the na- Fake the Nation possible. That's our wonderful producer Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer Andy Christens. Um Gobby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research and listeners. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have, you can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-0005. Or you can drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. And if you like what you hear, please favorite Fake The Nation on Stitcher. or follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and the Sirius XM Act, uh, app. And do leave us a review on Apple Pod- Podcasts because it helps people find out about the show. I'll be back in your earballs next week.